the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. All right, it's Thursday. We've got a, a good show for you. We try to line up a good show for you every day, uh, but we uh, will have some uh, very good guests on uh, as we go today. Typically on a Thursday, Joe and Duck stop by. That will be the case today in the 7 o'clock hour. Jimmy Cavan to come by during the 9 o'clock hour, and there's a lot of things to report on what's going on with Mayor Scott here in, uh, in Little Rock. He's been called before the judge. We'll talk about that. Uh, and yesterday, as he's being told that he's being reelected, another uh, Little Rock resident uh, met their fate to gunfire again here in the city. So we just keep adding them up, you know, pile them up like cordwood. That's kind of what they're doing. And then uh, here in the first hour, I want to talk about what's going on in Arizona. I want to talk a little bit about Carrie Lake and people, why people like her. And then uh, would like to, um, you know, just kind of look and maybe talk a little bit about Patricia Heaton today from Everybody Loves Raymond. She was posting yesterday, long tweet, uh, yesterday on Twitter. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about that because I'm going to talk about that today uh, when I talk with the uh, Republican women of Pulaski County. I'm speaking at their lunch today, so I'm going to um, I'm going to be talking about my faith, and I'm going to talk about uh, where does faith play you know play into uh, you know, politics. So we're going to talk about that today as well. And then I'll, you know, do what uh, they've asked me to do, which is how do I foresee what's going on in politics right now uh, here in America? I don't have much to say about what's, poli- you know, what's going on in politics here in the state. You guys did good on on uh, Election Day. As uh, Fox said about Florida uh, and how red it was, they're, they're, they're almost like Arkansas. That's what they said. You know, that's how they mentioned Arkansas. So uh, at uh, 635, Scott Hoganson's going to be with us from Town Hall. Town Hall is owned by uh, uh, Salem Broadcasting, Salem Media, the same team people who own this radio station. And uh, Scott wrote an article, and I told you a little bit about this yesterday, that uh, Daniel Patrick Moynihan, when he was senator from New York, penned a big essay uh, back in the day in 1993. That's not that far back in the day. It's 40 years after I was 40 years old that he said the things he said. And it was called Defining Deviancy Down. And we're going to talk about that 
in the next uh, half hour. But first, let's talk a little bit about what's happening uh, as far as the election is going. Uh, we're waiting for him to finally get all the votes can, you know, counted up. Out in Arizona, what a debacle. I'm sorry. It's a debacle. They need to get their act together. Uh, I was listening to the news as I was coming in uh, today, and they said that out in uh, Arizona, they're still, just in Maripolka County alone, 650,000 votes that haven't been counted. How is that possible? How is it possible that you had such a you know terrible vote back in 2020? I mean, Arizona was uh, the poster child for uh, corruption uh, back in 2020. And uh, they still haven't gotten it right. A third of their machines in the big, the sixth largest district in the country, in the sixth largest uh, city, Phoenix, in the country, had a, over a third of their machines break down. How's that happen? Do you guys not test your machines? They said that machines broke down because, you're going to love this, Heidi, they ran out of ink, and they didn't have ink cartridges for them. What? And they ran out of paper. They didn't have enough paper. And I got to say one again, once again, what? How do you not have enough paper? How do you not have enough uh, ink for your election? Whoever is the uh, head of the elections there, I don't know if they've got like a commissioner or uh, a comrade or whatever they've got, uh, but they need to be fired. They need to put somebody in there run it and run it right over there. It just really is uh, unbelievable. 650,000 votes in one uh, county. That's, that's just unacceptable. Totally unacceptable. All right. So Carrie Lake, of course, who's running in Arizona and was, you know, down by four or five points, is now within just a few uh, hundred uh, votes, maybe a couple thousand uh, votes. Uh, and she was talking about how she's going to um, prevail. And I think she's going to win the governorship there in uh, in uh, Arizona. And there's, you can't, I'm telling you, you can't call the Senate race there. Even though uh, McMaster is down, when you got that many votes that are sitting out there in just in one county, I mean, total, it's almost, they've almost uh, have uh, a million votes that are out, a million votes outstanding. That's ridiculous. Um, but I'm not going to just sit here and, and, and go nuts over uh, Arizona. There's a plenty of states that I could go off on here uh, in the United States and how long it's taken them to bring together and count their votes. I mean, look at Florida. Florida had them all counted and done, you know, by 10 o'clock. We did a pretty good job here in uh, in Arkansas as well. Now, finding out what the votes were, that was a little difficult, to be honest. We ran into that as we were doing our uh, our coverage on 
Tuesday night. It was hard to get fresh numbers. That needs to be reconciled uh, so that people can know what the outcome of an election is. But anyway, Carrie Lake was out talking to the media on uh, the other day, and uh, they were asking her about, you know, did they think that President Trump would run again and uh, different. And then they asked her about, you know, running for vice president. And uh, she got irritated at that point because she's asked, answered this question uh, several times. So she was asked this by a CBS reporter. And uh, here's, here's how it went down in real time. My reaction would be elation. I would be so thrilled if President Trump runs. And I would absolutely, absolutely wholeheartedly support him. We need President Trump back in office to fix what Joe Biden has screwed up. Who are you? Chris from CBS News. I want to just follow up on his question, if I may. If Donald Trump announces, as expected, to be president and you win the governorship of Arizona, you're likely to be talked about as a VP candidate. Will you? Do you plan to serve your entire term in Arizona, or are you open to being the VP? Are you new covering this race? Because we've talked about this before. We've talked about this. I've answered these questions. I am going to not only be the governor of Arizona for four years, I'm going to do two terms. I'm going to be your worst freaking nightmare for eight years. And we will reform the media as well. We're going to make you guys into journalists again. So get ready. It's going to be a fun eight years. I can't wait. There you go. I like her. Because you know why? She's a journalist. That's that's what her job was. And she gave up a very well-paying uh, job with a TV station and uh, decided to run uh, for governor. And here she is now on the cusp of perhaps winning the governorship in uh, uh, Arizona. But she called this guy out. I mean, it's like, are you new to this race? Have you not been around? I've answered this question several times. And, um, you know, it's just BS to keep asking the same. If you're asking the same question over and over and over of uh, of a uh, of a person and they give you the same answer, well, you probably got a true answer. Now, I'm not going to I'm not going to lie to you. There's a lot there's a lot of different things politicians do to try to keep from answering questions. And when we come back, I'll tell you a couple of them and some of the things that I do to not let them do those things. But let me remind you about PI Roofing. PI Roofing wants you to know it's PI Roofing Home Solutions now because they not only take care of your roof, they take care of anything around your house that you need to have fixed. They now do, uh, you know, construction. Um, I'm talking about when I want to start putting my my deck back together, which is showing some age and has been weathered some, and I need some areas uh, redone, boards put back in place. And uh, we're talking about when we exactly want to do that. And uh, we'll decide, and then I'll turn them loose. But they'll, they'll do that because if you've ever had any kind of construction done around your house if you've wanted a a little deck built or if you want uh, you know some work done in your house or maybe this or that all right you know what i'm talking about small jobs you know well under $3000 that would be a small job well the big construction companies for the most part are not interested in that uh you can call them and ask them, and they go, well, 
Don't know when we can get to that. We got all these big jobs that we got to do, and I've run into that. You probably have too. So why don't you go out and give a call to PI Roofing, and uh, they'll show up. Um, they made. Uh, I called them. We made an appointment for a week later. They were there. Within four days after that, I had uh, the estimate and what they want. They thought needed to be done, and what I thought. I wanted to have done, and we've been uh, doing the negotiation that you you do you do when you have something done to your house. But you can have PI Roofing come out and take care of your house. If you need windows, they'll put windows in for it. You need gutters, they do gutters. They do it all now. Now they're not giving up doing roofs. That's what they do, and they've been doing it for over twenty years. So you can call them for everything now. That's PI Roofing Home Solutions. Their phone number, 501-707-3115. Visit them online, piroofing.com. Uh, by the way, they were mentioning the app there. I highly recommend that, and here's the reason why. Where our antenna is at is up there where you see all the antennas for the TV stations. They call it, uh, you know, Antenna Hill around here well if you get on the other side of that hill because of the way radio signals move they don't move in a straight line you know you don't get up in the air and just move in a straight line they bounce you know that's if, if you look and you just draw a, a, a picture on a piece of paper and you just move it and give half circles across the paper that's kind of how a radio signal bounces now since we're fm uh, we get around a lot of obstacles. If you're AM, you don't. You hit it and you stop, kind of, and then it picks up somewhere where you, you get to. But even an FM signal can be tough if it's got to go through a mountain. So uh, there are some areas that are closer to the mountain than others, which means our signal uh, may get scratchy sounding and things of that nature. So here's what I'm going to suggest. Now, I'm this is the young person's way of doing it. I'm just telling you that right now. Uh, if you're my age of a dinosaur, it's something new you got to learn. Uh, if you got a fairly new car, you can push this right through your audio system in your car. If you need to know how to do it, ask your grandkids, okay? They'll <laughs> show it to you immediately. But the bottom line is this. Get the app. It's easy to do. Go to the Play Store, pick up, you know, the app for uh, for Salem Broadcasting, and you can tune in my show at any time, you know, as far as when I'm on the air, uh, and you can listen to me. And it'll be absolutely crystal clear. And that, you know, this is the way radio is going to still be for the next maybe 10 years. Uh, after that, I think most cars are going to have basically, uh, they won't have a radio per se inside them. Uh, you'll get it through the Internet on, on your car. And uh, then you won't have to worry about obstacles and all of those things. You'll be able to get it wherever you're at. I mean, you look, if you go to Florida like I do for vacation, and uh, I'm not on vacation, and I'm not in Florida, and I'm doing the show. You can listen to me while you're sitting on the beach and looking out over the Gulf. So keep that in mind. Get the app for uh, the answer. Make sure you get it. And do it. You can do it today. You know, don't – look, don't be – wait, stop. Don't do it right now while you're driving. Don't watch you doing it while you're driving. Wait till you're stopped wherever you're going, and then you can do it. All right, I promised you I'd talk about this thing about – politicians and when you're talking to them. I've covered politics for years, first as a news person, 
now as a uh, talk show host. Uh, What's the difference? Well, talk show host, I get to put in my opinion and uh, share with you what I'm like I'm going to share with you right now about politicians and, and how they do things sometimes. Some politicians lie. They'll lie like a rug, all right? I, they really will. They'll look you flat in the face when, when you are uh, interview them, interviewing them and lie to you. I, I've, I've run into that many, many times uh, in, in covering politicians. And that's why if you're a reporter, you've got to keep up on everything. That's something you got to do. People talk to me and they go, what do you do when you go to bed? I read. I read for about an hour when I hit the rack. I read every day. And when I'm not on the air, Heidi can attest to this, she'll see me in my office, and I'm on looking up articles and things of that nature and reading them and keeping up to date on what's going on. you got to know what they're saying when they're not on your show. you got to know when they're, what, they're, what they're thinking and doing if you're a reporter and you're out covering them. You've got to be willing to ask some questions and ask questions that, you know, it might not be uh, comfortable for the person that you're talking to. Now, the other thing, and, and so if you know what they have said in the past, you can call them on it when you're interviewing them in the present. Always keep that in mind. Uh, Dave Ellswick, Journalism 101. Uh, also, and I, I'll tell you, uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, Lincoln was really good at this. Blanche Lincoln, remember when she was senator? She was really good at this. She tried to talk the clock out. All right? She tried to talk. What I mean by that, you'd ask her a question, and this was this was more so uh, when she was on live uh, doing talk radio. She would just keep talking talking word salad stuff just keep talking try to talk to time out you know you set up a, an interview like uh we're going to have on um, uh, a guest here at six thirty-five. his name is uh, scott um, hoganson and uh, i don't expect him to try to talk the clock out but he knows he's going to come on at six thirty-five or thereabouts within a minute of that and then we're going to get him out no later than 6.59. Now, he knows that for a fact. So if you're a politician, you don't want to answer a lot of questions. What do you do? You try to talk the clock out. You just keep talking and talking and talking and talking and talking. Don't let the interviewer ask questions. So basically what you have to do is you jump in. Uh, if you're the uh, the person who's doing the uh, interview, you got to wait to... I mean, they breathe, okay? Politicians breathe like everybody else. Wait for them starting to take a breath and then get in and say, but senator or congressman or mayor or governor or whatever, you just said this, but what about this that refers to what you just said? Okay, so what you've done is you cut them off. Now they got to go back, and basically they'll start all over again from what they just told you. Then you got to break in again, and you just keep breaking in and slowly narrow down uh, what you're talking about so they answer the question. Look, if you're a reporter, if whatever you're asking is not important, 
then why are you asking the question? If you're not worried about getting the answer, then why are you asking the question? You got to ask the question. You got to get the answer, and the only way to do that is a couple ways I just told you. Keep that in mind. That's for everybody at Channel 7, 11, 4, and 16 that are basically starting their broadcast careers because that's what Little Rock kind of is, is a is a learning uh, ground. So uh, follow those two points. I guarantee you'll get a lot more answers than, than you're not. And don't go to a story. Well, you really won't have a, a say in that. That's up to your editor. Uh, they might say, I want you to cover this story, and you might have a better story that you've heard from sources, and hopefully you got some sources. So anyway, just bottom line, know that uh, you're not going to get along with your editor all the time, but uh, if you find a story that you know is a good one, you know, follow it. Be tenacious. Do what you're supposed to do. All right, how the left obliterates morality. We're going to talk about that when we come back here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Uh, bottom of the hour here, we've got news for you. we brought bring it up and give you some weather, give you some traffic, so stick with us for that. And then I'll be back with Scott Hoganson here at 635 with uh, this uh, discussion about Daniel Patrick Moynihan and defining deviancy down. You know, I've been telling you for quite some time now about the crime problem that we have here in Little Rock. We've had 74 murders this year, and uh, there's been a lot of break-ins, and it's, it's not good. It's not good. And if you're like me, you know, I, I want to keep my wife safe. I don't have any kids at home anymore. I'm, I'm an empty nester. But the bottom line is I want to keep my wife safe. And so... I finally decided I needed a, a security system that I could trust and that I could depend on, and I turned to Billy Mack. Billy Mack's the owner of ICU Protection. You'll call Billy if you're really serious about knowing what's happening at your house when you're there or when you're not there. I mean, he'll come out to your house, or uh, they can just talk to you over the phone, find out how many windows and door sensors that you need, how many cameras inside and outside that you want. You can get all of that set up, and then they'll come out, and they'll install everything for you so that your home or your business is going to be protected. On top of that, uh, you won't have to pay for any of that hardware they're putting in. They don't charge you for any of that. They put it in absolutely free. It's yours to keep. All you have to do is pay for the service each month, which I would expect to do. And uh, there's a lot of people who ask me, well, Dave, this, their service charge has to be really high so they can make up for let, letting that uh, you know, uh, hardware go. And uh, I'll tell you what Billy will tell you. He doesn't expect to make a profit off of your uh, security system for at least four years. That's correct, four years. He knows because he's actually giving you the hardware for free. These are the folks that do uh, Nuke One and keep it under under protection and keep an eye on it, make sure nobody's trying to do anything, you know, silly out there. And if they can take care of a nuke reactor, they can take care of your house, and they can take care of your business. Give Billy Mack a call. Get it all underway. It doesn't take long to get it installed. That's ICU Protection, 501-205-1333. You can do the way that I've done. Billy Mack, ICU Protection, 501-205-1333.
I was just talking earlier about how I read a lot. I read at least an hour uh, after I get in bed, uh, and then I read throughout the day, keeping up on uh, national and state events and uh, other other things. I keep up w- even with uh, what movie news is going on and things of that nature. And I was uh, lying in bed and reading an article from townhall.com. And if, you, if you're if you not going to townhall.com every day and reading the great writers that are at townhall.com, uh, you're missing out. You need to go to townhall.com. Scott Holgerson is one of the writers. He wrote an article about uh, the great Daniel Patrick Moynihan, who was a liberal, a senator from New York, but now he'd be a, probably fairly close to a conservative, especially on social issues. And he wrote a great essay that uh, Scott reminded me about called Defining Deviancy Down. And Scott's here. Scott, thanks for giving us a few moments this morning. And I'd like, how did you stumble across this essay again? Well, I was working at the Republican National Committee in uh, 1993 when it first came out, and a lot of people were talking about it because here you have Daniel Patrick Moynihan, Democrat senator from New York, one of the great statesmen of our time. Yeah, he was. And he's yeah, and and he's talking about how things in America, specifically he was he was focusing mostly on crime in his essay, Defining Deviancy Down, but his premise was very simple. As a society, we keep seeing things get worse and worse and stranger and stranger, but we get used to it. We grow accustomed to it, and all of a sudden it doesn't mean as much as not as shocking or not as scary and so as a result of that things continue to get even worse and it's sort of a uh, sort of a cascading problem uh one of the great examples he made that just you know uh illustrates his premise in defining deviancy down was the saint valentine's day massacre okay Mm -hmm. and he writes very briefly and very very beautifully about how in 1929 you had a story about how four gangsters shot seven other gangsters in Chicago. And the entire nation was outraged and shocked. I mean, from New York to Los Angeles and everywhere in between, it was all anyone could ever talk about the St. Valentine's Day Massacre. You know, now that's Thursday in Chicago. <laughs> you know? Yeah, absolutely. And, and And so as deviant behavior uh, continues to accelerate and get worse, we kind of desensitize ourselves to it, and then that makes even more deviant behavior get even worse, and so it continues. And it's a bad cycle, and uh, the man was absolutely right. Yeah, take a look at it, just as you pointed out. You know, they kill a few people, by the way, in the movie, if anybody's seen it, was on TMC over the weekend, Some Like It Hot. That's the premise of why Tony Curtis and Jack Lemmon are on the run from the mob, because they saw what happened at the the St. Valentine's Day Massacre, and you're right, people were outraged about it. How can that happen, especially just in a garage right downtown Chicago? I mean, of course, during that time, they were shooting people on the steps of City Hall as well. It was crazy at that time, but now... What was the abnormal then has become the absolute normal today. 
Yes, and it is it is spreading uh, through different parts of society and culture that I don't think anybody, you know, especially Daniel Patrick Moynihan, could have even conceived of when he wrote his essay in, in 1993. Moynihan and other sociologists and professional professionals and scholars readily admit that there is always a certain amount of deviancy in any given society. Oh, sure. And they're looking primarily at crime and so on and so forth. It's a tacit admission that mankind is born infinitely sinful and corrupt, okay? You know, oh, wow. Keep that, keep that religious want. stuff at bay there, Scott. Don't be getting into religion. Religion now. <laughs> yeah, don't be talking no Bible churchy <laughs> stuff. Anyhow, but um, but now it's gone beyond problems with crime, beyond problems with say uh, single pam- uh, single parent families, broken homes, and things like that. Um, if you look at just maybe the last six weeks or the last month before election day, we had news about an American president who publicly expressed support for the surgical mutilation of children. Yeah. Okay. Taxpayers mm-hmm. are funding drag queen story hours for three-year-old kids. A teacher, in uh, a public school teacher, this happened in Texas, was kind of yelling at her kids uh, because they were talking about pedophilia. And she was yelling at her students to not judge people just because they want to have sex with a five-year-old. Yeah. Um, girls, high school girls in Vermont are banned from their own locker room because there's a boy in there with them, and they feel kind of funny about that for reasons that elude most people. And for those reasons, these girls get banned from their own locker room. And so you, you just take a look at these four episodes that all happened within a couple of weeks of each other. And what used to be defined as medical malpractice, criminal molestation, voyeurism, and rape is not only acceptable, but sometimes it's required, as is the case with the girls in the locker room. And uh, while while Moynihan did not get um, to those aspects of deviancy, it most certainly is deviancy. We wouldn't have even had a conversation about this stuff uh, five or ten years ago. And now it's just like, yeah, okay, boys in a locker room, not a problem, nothing to look at here. And uh, Moynihan could never have even conceived of this. I mean, how long will it be until we're having public policy debates about cannibalism? I don't know, but... Uh, no, 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 wait, stop. It's all, That's already started. I forget who the Hollywood guy is that they've been uh, looking at and saying, the dude's a cannibal. They really believe it. And now they're blowing it off. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, maybe it'll make its way into, you know, legislative and serious policy circles soon enough. But, uh, you know, and, you know, I'm not trying to, you know, ring alarm bells on anything like that. But at the rate we're going, I would not be surprised if people were, you know, actively discussing that in five or ten years. I, before we moved to Texas, we lived uh, outside of Seattle. And I remember being shocked about four or five years ago when Washington State became the first state to use what they call human composting. Remember that story, Dave? Yeah. That's where you take your dead relatives and you put it in your flower, and you put them in your dead flower bed. Yeah, feed the flowers. What can I say? Yeah. And and the 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 big moral hazard here. I mean, there are many moral hazards, but uh, 
But when you look at things like we're seeing right now in real time, okay, surgical mutilation of kids and the rape of five-year-olds and so on and so forth, it's ignoring the laws that are written on the heart. Yeah. Right? And some of the folks in your audience may realize that, you know, the laws that are written on our heart are written by God. And yet, for some reason, those laws that are written on the heart are just sort of being blown up, one perversion at a time. And we kind of sit back and watch it happen as a society while ignoring those laws that were written on our heart. And that's a real problem for individuals and for the nation, I think. Yeah, I would agree with you. Here's what happened, Scott. And look, I can give you another example of something that was talked about. It was a huge subject, and uh, and then we moved on, and things got worse. And remember when uh, Vice President Quayle went after the TV show Murphy Brown? I do. I do. Talking about single uh, parenthood, he didn't say... You know, you were, he didn't demonize the single parents. He just said, that's not where we want to be. We don't want to be a, a country of just single parents because it's going to be disastrous for us. And, man, the newspapers went crazy at the time. Talk radio wasn't a big deal at that time. So you, you end up with a, a whole lot of uh, you know, people uh, calling him down basically, and saying, well, you're just an old fuddy-buddy. You know, that's all you are. That's what you are. If you hold on, I'm going to come back and finish up with you, Scott. i got other things that we want to talk about, and we'll talk about what, you're, what this whole article is about. It's a slippery slope that we always mention, and we'll talk about it further here on the Dave Ellswick Show in a moment. Remember, Scott Hoganson is a columnist for Town Hall. You can read his, uh, his uh, writings at townhall.com. Uh, don't forget about Pat Davis and what he can do for you as far as your uh, health insurance goes. You know, he's got a powerful team. It's Pat and his son and his son-in-law and other uh, people that work for him, and they custom-build your your health plans that you need so that you have a health plan that is tailored to your life and to your lifestyle. And that's important to you. It's going to save you money. Uh, no government-controlled subsidies uh, are needed. And uh, if you're getting subsidies, whatever the government can give you, they can take it away. Just know that. Private health plans that pay you, pay you to go see the doctor and are available all year round. They also save you from the middleman ripping you off. So bottom line here is what I'm telling you to do. You give a call to the health plan man. Let them have a chance to see how they can help you like they've helped uh, uh, hundreds of, of other people and save you money and how to stop getting ripped off by the health care system. Call or text them, 501-605-6935. That's 501-605-6935. Or visit them online at your health plan man. That's one word, yourhealthplanman.com. Back. Don't forget who our guest is. It is Scott Hoganson. Again, you can read other columns that he's written by going to townhall.com. And Scott, if I'm not mistaken, you have your own website, don't you? 
Uh, yes, I do. It is a website for the public relations firm that I own, but oh, okay. I don't keep an archive of my writing there. It's just something that I have recently started to do, and uh, I really enjoy it. Well, it's good. I mean, you, you, I'm glad to hear that you're in that part of it. All right, a couple of last, last questions for you, and that is a lot of people are listening to what we're saying. They say, Dave, look, okay, I understand your, your worries about pedophilia, and uh, can I say that word now? Can I call them pedophilias, or do I, what is it? Uh, man, man, man who wants uh, younger boys or something that they politically correct want to force us into, Scott. But anyway, yeah, the minor, pedophiles, minor attracted persons. There you go. Okay, I, I forget. Yeah. I try to. I try to forget that stuff as soon as I hear it. But the bottom line is, they want us to just accept that. And say, well, that's his life. It's not my life. But the problem with that is that the people who say that, that's not what they think. They want you to accept what they do in their life, and they want it to permeate and percolate all through society. Exactly. And, uh, you know, let's look at this for what it is, Dave. These kinds of things that we're talking about here, you know, boys in the girls' locker room and teachers yelling at their students over pedophilia and so forth, these are cultural defects, okay? And they are not normal. Now, I get in trouble a lot of times for using the word normal, but the truth of the matter is saying that these cultural defects are not normal is not some kind of subjective judgment. It's an objective observation because these defects are far outside the statistical norm. But here's the thing that really bugs me. The statistical norm is shifting. Okay. Mm -hmm. Right now, we've only got one locker room in the state of Vermont where high school girls are not allowed because they don't want to shower with a boy. Okay. What happens when two girls' locker rooms do that and 10 and 20? And all of a sudden, that becomes the norm and it's no longer deviant behavior. And the left understands this, okay? Every shred of this deviancy is coming from the left. Yep. And it is designed to destroy the United States because the left knows and understands that deviancy is a tool for creating structural changes within society. Um, and just real quick, the word deviancy doesn't necessarily mean that somebody's a pervert. Deviancy is a mathematical term. You know, it's something that deviates uh, from a mathematical norm. And it's also a sociological term, behavior that deviates from a cultural norm. Like criminals, most people are not criminals. So if you're a criminal, you're deviating, right? And the left knows this. Because when you define deviance to the, to the extent that it's being redefined right now, we're talking about the fundamental morality as a species. And I don't think that's too strong to say, because most animals, okay, lower order mammals and so forth, they don't really care about stuff like locker rooms and, you know, sex with five-year-olds and things like that. It is destroying and obliterating our morality as a species and if we don't risk committing the crime of observing things that are happening around us we could have some just mind-blowing problems uh, in the next decade well it's just like i mentioned on my show if you think your dog is as important as a human being 
then tomorrow morning when you have breakfast, put your bowl down next to theirs and eat your breakfast. I mean, yeah, yeah I mean, I, I, I've been seeing ads right now where, you know, young adults, you know, talk about and treat their pets as children. And they say, you know, my dog's way better than your kid. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe, you know, that's a good dog and that's all well and good. I, I don't begrudge people having good dogs, but dogs are not humans. Okay. Dogs are not your kid. And, you know, that's just one of the, the smaller, more subtle ways that this dehumanization of the species just continues to gallop ahead. All right. Got a last question for you. You going to CPAC next year? Oh, gosh, I don't know. I don't even know what I'm going to have for lunch tomorrow. So <laughs> don't ask me about CPAC. Uh, I would like to take a moment for go. a call out to congratulate your governor-elect, Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Yep. And uh, I'd also like to give a shout-out to your attorney general-elect, Tim Griffin. Tim and I go way, way back. He's a terrific guy. Congratulations on all y'all for electing him. And next time you see uh, attorney general-elect Griffin, tell him, oh, he says hi. I'll tell him that you said that, and I'll be in touch with you. As we get closer to CPAC, and if you're coming, uh, I'll make sure that you give me a half hour on the microphone. You got it. All right. Thanks so much. We appreciate you, Scott. Again, read Scott's writing, townhall.com, and print off this article and share it with your friends. Run a bunch of them off and hand them out at church. That's a place where we really got to stand up. Scott, thanks so much. Appreciate you here on the Dave Ellswick Show. It's a Thursday coming up after the top of the hour news. You know, Duck and uh, Joe are going to be with us, and we're going to talk uh, with them. And we'll find out from Joe about what all did he learn while he was out in Las Vegas in the last week. He learned all the new stuff that's coming, so we want to hear about it when he comes on the air. Uh, And that's going to happen here in about seven minutes, and we'll talk to him. Jimmy's going to be with us in the 9 o'clock hour, and we'll be talking about uh, Frank Scott, mayor re-elect here in Little Rock, who is being called uh, to appear in front of a judge because he's not following the law. If you can't trust your mayor to follow the law, what can you trust him with? We're going to talk about it on the Dave Ellswick Show. Mind you, I'm going to be over at the uh, Pleasant Valley Country Club at 11 o'clock today uh, to talk with the uh, Republican women. Uh, And I'm looking forward to that. If you'd like to uh, attend it, uh, go look for their website and uh, you can get a ticket so that you can come in and eat 
and sit down and I'm going to talk for 20 or 30 minutes. Usually it goes 40, 45 minutes. They keep asking questions. I keep giving them answers. But I'll be talking a little bit more about that article that I just talked about on the air from uh, Daniel Moynihan back in the 90s and and how uh, what he thought was uh, deviancy uh, ain't nothing now. I mean, I'm just telling you, ain't nothing now. And I also want to tell you a little bit about Patricia Heaton, who played the part of uh, uh, the wife on Everybody Loves Raymond and what she had to say in her Twitter account. Plus, I'll talk about the election and all the rest and answer all the questions that you might have. Well, he got back from lost wages, and, and, <laughs> oh, right. and he and he's still he's still he's still alive. Oh, uh, Joe seen, is here today. I seen yes. him dancing on the stage, Dave. Oh, were you dancing on the stage? Yeah, I was. Yeah, Russell was too. So yeah. he ain't telling the whole story. Yeah, <laughs> I, I watched both of them dancing, hoop yeah. and holler. Well, at least you're not dancing on the table. Well, you're exactly right. I can't get up on the table. But anyway. <laughs> yeah, he's got us. Uh, Susie got a video I got to get from her, Russell. Yeah. Is he proving that white boys don't have rhythm? No, he was singing. What was he singing? Oh, no. I feel like a woman. <laughs> oh, no. Russell was, yeah. Singing Shania Twain, huh? Mm-hmm. Well, that kind of goes along with our society now. I feel like a woman. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I say? So what did you learn? I, I, I texted you and I said, I want you to unload on us. About the good things and the bad things. So let's start off with the good. Yeah, it was great. Uh, Our convention coincided with Apex and SEMA. And, you know, the SEMA SEMA show is, uh, it's about a, if you go through all the booths in SEMA, it would take you about uh, three, four days. It's like two blocks. It's, it's very so this big. this is like the SHOT Show. Yeah, it's huge. You know, anything yeah. you can think of automotive industries there. It's got it. Equipment, cars, trucks, new things, old things that have been improved, and so many more manufacturers are doing the same things, and they're increasing the the way they're done and, and improving them. It's just awesome. Now, Apex, I loved Apex. It's a little bit smaller, and it's about our vendors that we use. Okay. Our parts vendors and, and some new ones and potential parts vendors. And and if you look at some of the things, the innovation they've got, like, uh, you know, a lot of cars are equipped now with electronic steering. And when, generally when you buy one of those, you buy one, and it's uh, got the inner tie rod ends on. It's a complete unit. And when you put it in, it has to be programmed because you have to tell the car that it's got a new unit in it, and there's a relearn procedure for it. Okay. To center the steering wheel and get the right and the left turn so it's the same. It doesn't change. And uh, on some of the Ford products, we had some problems in the past with it, getting it to relearn and calibrate like it's supposed to. And so we couldn't get it to do it, and these are reman units, so you take it out and you get another one, and you have to do it again, and it gets kind of, kind of, what's going on here? Well, they've improved that with these kits. It comes complete kit, everything you need to put it in, and it comes with a plug that goes on the ALDL, so it'll program it for you. You get two tries at that if you do the procedure right. It'll program it for you, and you don't have to use a scan tool on it because it's their unit and it's their program module that you put on there. So you put it on there, and it talks to your car. That's correct. And and there's a procedure to go through, and you have to have, you know, you start the engine, you hit the brake, you turn the wheel to the right to the left, and put it back center, and it calibrates it and everything. So that's an improvement from what we've had before. And, uh, 
you're going to see improvements in a lot of other places, Duck, in, in, in the Dorman products. they got some really neat stuff coming out. Went over to the NGK, NTK, and their O2 centers, and their, uh, their products are fantastic. Uh, Alltel is coming out with some training classes. They're going to be here in central Arkansas, and they're looking for somebody to – make a hub out of it and i told them that i'd volunteer for that i know that somebody else in our group would too so we might get two or three places where you know they'll come over to our place one day and then rotate around and go to some of the other shops that are on the radio with the car and truck doctors so they're interested in doing that and and you know and all tell hip to all of us all tell products are fantastic yes their, their scanners are for cars and trucks i don't know about the big trucks duck does is this the different. same all tell that got started here in no no no, no. Oh, no different people okay it's totally different people. yeah this, this is a actually it's a chinese company but they've been in manufacturing scanners for a long time and they're really good well i know mr ford wouldn't be doing it with yeah, chinese would be doing that but, yeah. <laughs> anyway yeah but they have a lot of neat stuff out now and you know the way they improve just like hubbear the improvement in them, uh, the tolerances and, and everything, and the way they're designed and built, and you just if you just walked around, like I said, if you go into Apex, it take you eight hours, two days to go through that, and that's what me and Susan did. We spent about four or five hours a day down there, and uh, had a had a had a fantastic time just visiting with the folks there. But anyway, when you're at this convention, you you take your play card, your your placard you get right here on your lanyard, yeah, let you in everything, right. And it's got a uh, QR code on it, and these booths scan it. Well, as they scan this code, every time they scan it, you get a your name. You get a you get a coupon to go into the drawing for some of these prizes they give away, and that's how we won the trip to Hawaii. That's so, very yeah. cool. Yeah, Russell was across the street. Joe called him, said, yeah. "You better come on." <laughs> put his name up, you know, and him he he had uh, some friends out there with him that he met, and they were across the street at Ruth Chris Steakhouse. <laughs> oh, <laughs> he ordered yeah. him a steak. <laughs> I said, well, you're going to have to eat it in the room later. you got to get yeah. it to go. But anyway, he showed up over there. We didn't know what exactly we had won, but there were seven of us on the stage, the last finale thing. And so I thought it was going to be some good stuff, and it was because we both won a trip. That's good. To Hawaii. So. I, I did warn Joe about they called it Blue Hawaii for a reason. <laughs> Well, we'll be all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I We're know. We're going to Waikiki, and uh, you know, some of the guys there talked about we might be able to get them convinced to give us a tour of the Missouri. Oh, very cool. So, we're working on that. You Here, know, I'll give you something. Here's what you say: if you get into trouble, just say book them, Dano. <laughs> so, Dave, that's all you got to say. So, I'm laying in the bed asleep. All right, twelve fifty my time. The phone rings. 12.50 at night. Yeah, at night. Okay. The phone rings, and I'm thinking, oh, God, the alarm's going off at the shop. Right. So I roll over and pick my phone up. I can't going see off it in real Las good. Vegas. <laughs> I can't see it real good, and I finally realized, I thought, oh, God, they're all in jail. <laughs> it's Russell on the phone. And I answered the phone. He needs to be bailed me. I'm going to bail him out. <laughs> That's what I thought, and I answered the phone, and I said, where y'all at? He said, Dad, me and Joe want a trip to Hawaii. You call me at twelve thirty, twelve fifty, and I'm asleep. Yeah, I need you to know. Okay, but the first, the first thing I thought when I seen, I finally got his number focused. Oh God, they're all in jail. Yeah, how am I gonna get them out? Now you know what we think about uh, Joe. 
Yeah, well. <laughs> Dave, can you slide that poster over just a tad? Yes, I'll, I'll get the sign out of you guys in just a second. Can you wait just a moment? Nah, I'll just move over a little well, bit. I'll move over just wait. I'll, I'll move it in just a second. But uh, I promise. Yeah, I, that was my first thought when I seen his number on my phone. Yeah, we had a good time and uh fantastic event, you know, bumper to bumper auto value and all the guys from the alliance, all the guys from PWI, they take care of you and 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 uh you don't really want or need for anything if you want or need something or any information questions about this that and the other, they were all there to help. That's just for asked sure. and the, yep. you know the last time we went, they, I mean they were just super, you know, they they hauled us around and uh you know what do you want to do tonight? It don't matter. Let's just go somewhere, and you know. But uh, they was, you know, took good care of us. What was the big uh, <coughs> hall that you guys were in? Was it the Sands or what? We were in the Mirage. The Mirage, okay. Yeah, the Apex was over into the aisle, and you know, SEMA. How, you, how would you describe where it was? It's two blocks long. It takes up everything for two blocks. Two whole blocks, Russell said like three four stories high wow and they have a drifting lot in one of the parking lots there where they race cars and they do drifting oh cool yeah and and they've got any type of lifted truck that you could think of on display there and uh even just, the ones that just the front end is up oh yes <laughs> all of them you got some we Dave, talked you could about walk that saturday under, you could walk underneath them oh wow that's really high then mm-hmm. what does that do to the center of gravity well, it's like a package. Flip over you know. easy. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, but they're selling those suspension products and those lift kits and making like miniature monster trucks out of them and stuff like that. Does that when well, you do that? Okay, let's say I go to you and I have you do that and get the kit. Does the kit have a disclaimer somewhere that says they're not responsible if you're riding with the you know, you know the sunny side down and the mm-hmm. rusty side up? Yeah, I'm sure they do. You know, most of those flop rollovers or flopovers like that in mud that's that's if you take it out and use that truck for that you're going to have issues like that if you're driving that truck on the asphalt and you keep it on the street you can still turn it over by you know hot rod that doing the wrong thing with it too too fast but you know it's like anything else if you take it out and and you do more than what it's capable of doing and it rolls over that's on you it's not on their equipment no it's just strictly you we can come back and talk further. I want to get with Joe and, and ask him, you know, kind of Buzz Lightyear to infinity and beyond. What did you see that's on the future? Did they talk about that kind of stuff with you guys? Well, there's some booths out there where, you know, the, some of the guys are real high tech. We looked at a lot of different manufacturers for electric car chargers, mm-hmm. EV chargers. And there's probably a hundred of those that are different. Some of them were from Asia. Some of them were from Europe. Some of them were from the U.S. And you know, you just—it does. If you could imagine anything about an automobile it's in your mind, it's there. Somebody's got a booth, and if one person's got a booth there, there's ten of them. All right, I want to talk about tires with you too. Okay. See if they had anything about that. All right, Dave Ellswick show. We've got the guys on talking about cars. This is going to be interesting just because you're going to hear stuff from Joe that you're probably not even seeing being written up in magazines now. Uh, they're going to be written up, but it's stuff that you need to know that's coming down the pike. And we'll talk a little bit about recharging. Uh, Duck's been looking into that, been talking to a couple of customers that have Teslas and how long is it taking them to charge your cars and all that. We'll get all that to you here in just a few moments. But and, before we oh, – go ahead. And remind me, Dave, uh, Saline County has a website now mm-hmm. 
that the people who own charging cars, you can go on that website, and it'll tell you everywhere you can charge your car. Do they have that for all the gas stations? I don't know. I just know. <laughs> he pulled it up on, you know, when he bought this Tesla. But we'll talk about it when Yeah, you get we'll through. get back. We'll talk about it. 718 right now. Let's talk a little bit about bumper to bumper. You said Apex to, is, are they, do they work with bumper to bumper? Well, Apex is the uh, convention show where all of the aftermarket parts guys are together in okay. one place. It's it's just a big, I guess you would call it a, a an exposition. Okay, so was yeah. was was our buddy there that uh, comes on the show once? Cotter? Time? Yeah, was Cotter there? No, I seen his dad. They'll ask his dad, where's Junior? He said, working. <laughs> <laughs> so I did, if Carter was there, I didn't see him. But, you know, there was, there was each, like Standard Motor Products has a booth, and, and those guys are fantastic. They got some new products coming out, too, you know, where cars have had problems with electronic, and they've redesigned the part and made it better and got rid of some of the issues, so... Okay. But bumper to bumper, auto value, their convention coincided with that, and I like that. It's cool. Uh, I like the venue. You know, you're in a place where there's, you know, if, if it wasn't a place where you had entertainment like Las Vegas, because mm-hmm. they, they sent us to a couple shows, and we had to, you know, we got to watch uh, Tim Allen. Oh, that's yeah. tough. Yeah, so. <laughs> and they had a couple comedians that were on stage for just our convene, and uh, I think. Uh, it was an enjoyable adventure, Dave. It really was. Really great. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll talk more about okay. it. Just know that these guys are hooked up to this material so that they know what Bumper to Bumper is going to be carrying so they can get you the parts that you need to make your car run as best as it can after they fix it. That's a key with uh, Bumper to Bumper Certified Service Centers. They fix cars. They don't just work on cars. All right, we'll be back in a moment, right here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, we're back. I'm trying. I'm trying to save Duck's eyes right now because <laughs> of the sunlight coming through the window. Are you Mr. all right poster. now? Now slide the poster over about three inches. Okay. Which poster? Captain America. Captain America. Okay. I'll He's going to have to move. I'm going to have to turn around and figure it out, but I can't. Well, I can't turn right now because I have to come off the microphone. That's okay. All right. I moved over. All right. Just hold on. We'll get to it. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, <laughs> let's get back to the show. Hey, I'm going to be over at the Pleasant Valley Country Club this afternoon, starting at about 11, 1130, talking to the Republican uh, women of Pulaski County. Looking forward to doing that. If you'd like to go, go to their uh, Facebook page. You can buy your ticket there, and then I'll see you this afternoon. We'll have a good meal, and then I'll, uh, I'm going to talk about Patricia Heaton, something she said on her Twitter account last night. It's good stuff. And I'm going to talk about that article from Scott Hoganson uh, we talked about in the last uh, half hour uh, as well. Plus, I'll talk about the election. Not a lot to talk about the election here in, in yeah. Arkansas. Yeah. Dave, everybody, did you hear what they said Everybody yesterday? did good. Fox yeah. News uh, come up yesterday and said the first time in Arkansas's history we don't have a Democrat of nothing. Well, same way in Florida. Mm-hmm. That's what they were saying. They were saying Florida has become like Arkansas. Yeah. That's what they were saying. Yeah. That's great. It's probably a good idea. We not we need to get more of those states like that. I'm yep. just saying we need more states just like that. And I'm I'm glad that we've got what we have here in Arkansas, and we don't have what's in Arizona. Did you hear how many uncounted votes there still are? In, Say over a million votes. Yeah, uh, six hundred and fifty thousand in Maricopa County mm-hmm. alone. You say we're one of them one of them uh, states out there run out of ink. 
Well, that was Arizona. That was Arizona. That Arizona. That was Arizona. Yeah, running out of ink, paper. How can, how can you? I mean, whoever's in charge of that needs to be terminated. That you want to do my show? You want to fill in sometime? That's uh, exactly what I said earlier. You know, I, I get too riled up on. It. <laughs> That's exactly. I, get I too said riled that up. in the first half hour today. I was playing some stuff from uh, from Kerry Lake, who of course is running for governor out there. You know, everybody was saying, saying she's, she's going to win. Yeah, she is going to win. It's going to be interesting. And don't don't discount that uh, Kelly's going to lose mm-hmm. the astronaut because that's a lot of votes that are hanging out there right now. Not a hanging chad. They're just hanging out there right now. <laughs> and they got to download. You know what I don't understand? In four hours, Florida had all their votes counted. They got, what, four, five, six million people in Florida? Yeah, I don't know exactly what to but they had all theirs counted. So how can they count that many people? And you got a state like Arizona don't have near that population, and they can't count because a third of their machines broke down. I know. I, that's what I understand. So why are you doing business with those people? Yeah, just saying. Just saying. Let's go back to cars. I know. Yeah. Before I get <laughs> this, riled is, this up. is stuff to gets my blood pressure up. Yeah. Yeah, it gets my blood pressure up. It's seven twenty-seven on a Thursday. Joe and Duck are here, of course, from uh, the bumper to bumper certified service centers. <laughs> Duck's Garage, Joe's Garage. You want to know where they're at? Just go Google them. Yep, you can find them. You can find them right there on uh, the Internet. They're there for you to to check out. All right. So before we went to break, I was talking about uh, Saline County has a uh, a web page you can go to, a site. And find all the places you can charge your electric car. You know, I told you before, I think it was just me and you on. Joe was out of of pocket that day that – I brought you that magazine in mm-hmm. and called me about putting two charging stations in. And they wanted $40,000 for me to put two charging stations. I told them, yeah. no. If y'all want to put them in, y'all can come put them in, and I'll take care of the electric. But, and they said, well, yep, he still got the magazine. And, yeah, I do. And uh, so, you know, my one of my customers bought one. And so we was talking, and he said, look, all you need to do is put you two 50-amp plug-ins. I'll put you on this website. We'll put. A, he said, "You got to buy a credit card machine to put there to, you know, to scan the credit card." Yeah. He said, "And uh, all you need is two 50 amp plugs, like you plug up your my motor home on." He said, "Right here." He said, "And they'll come through in the middle of the night and charge and charge the credit card, you know." But uh, he Make said, "Make money twenty four seven. And I may do it. I may, you know, since the way he described it. You know, because I got I got 440 volts to the shop because I got three phase. Mm-hmm. So you know, I could it runs a whole lot cheaper on three phase than it does on you know on a single phase. So, but uh, I I may consider putting me two plugs in. You need to get a truck. You need a truck out on the highway that people run out of electricity. You can go charge them up. Dave, you use, use one of those internal combustion engines. You, to will, <laughs> you will be amazed how many 18 wheelers have been running out of fuel in the construction zone. Oh my God! One point. or two a week. I had one yesterday. Go down there and put twenty gallons in each tank. Uh, Russell's got a thirty-five gallon tank in his truck. We will go down there and fill it up. Go down there and pump it in each tank. Bleed it out. And got. I, I built me a, a primer. Okay. One of them old pump-up sprayers, yeah. old yeah. metal ones, because yeah. it has to be metal because plastic ones won't work. Yeah. And got a Comatel fitting on it, and you clip onto it, turn the valve on, fill it all back full, and then you crank on it a few minutes, and it starts. But how is these people running out of diesel fuel? They're trying to stretch it as far That's as they can go. That's what they're doing because it's so expensive. Yeah. 
All right, let's get a break in. we got to get to uh, Bill O'Reilly. He's coming up here on the Dave Ellswick Show. After we hear what he has to say, then we'll be back here to talk more about to infinity and beyond. We'll find out some things that maybe Joe saw that may be down the road. I want to talk to him about tires, too. That's all going to happen right here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Hey, if you find yourself uh, stuck on the side of the road, who do you call? Well, I've been telling you now for months call east end towing they'll take care of you whether you're driving your own car whether it's a a trailer that you're pulling your boat or a camper that you're pulling and maybe there's a problem with it and you need to get it uh uh, you know moved to get it fixed or maybe you're lucky enough like uh uh, duck is to have a a class a camper that you drive around and and tow a car on they can Um, tow them too they can tow them too they got a brand new tow truck that thing is a behemoth man it's you huge. seen them on the side of the interstate uh, yesterday morning i was going to Searcy. yeah and uh van campbell truck uh somebody stopped in front of him he hit the wall no turned it bottom side up and uh they was trying to flip it when i went by get that's it. a big unit they had three of them out there oh my god and they're huge they really are huge the only trucks that i've seen bigger than that are the ones out in wyoming in the uh, the coal mines and it's really not a mine. It's they're scraping it off the top of the earth. Yeah. But uh, you can stand inside the inside most of, the, of, them are, of the tire. Most of them are what they call a fifty-ton wrecker. They're not a rotator. They're just a fifty-ton. Well, they're big. They can tow up, you know, up to fifty tons. So they can handle most eighteen wheelers. Then, but oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, anytime they flip one over like that, it's two or three truck deal because yeah. I got to put the bags under it, get it up part way because they're trying to do it without tearing it up. Uh-huh. Worse than what it already is. Yeah, this this and near was those ones pulling it, and the airbags is coming up, and the other ones once it writes, it stops it from flipping over the other direction. Yep, it catches it. Well, well, the other thing everybody got to realize that those sides on those pickup trucks on the on the thing that they're towing mm-hmm. are paper thin. Yeah, you're talking about the trailers. Yeah, the trailers. The trailers are very just – they don't weigh a, a lot. They don't want them to weigh a lot. Well, they don't want to burn up the gas to pull them. Well, they're most of them made out of aluminum. Well, and another thing, too, Dave, people don't realize you don't get the strength of the floor. What holds that trailer together is the roof. The roof is where all the strength is. The floor is basically just boards laid up on top of uh, aluminum frame. Oh, yeah. So all the strength comes through. The, you tear the roof out of one of them, it'll break half in two. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, the roof is where That's all the strength is. And let us give you our <coughs> our warning again. If you're driving down the highway and get you're over. passing a truck, get past them and get over and around them. Because if one of those tires would happen to go go out, that that truck driver is going for a ride. He's not controlling the truck at that point. He's a basically a steering wheel holder. Yeah. Yeah. And it's going where it wants to go. So if you're beside him, I scold my wife because she'll ride a lot of, ride along beside him. Tell Teresa, either drive on or slow down. One yeah, of the two. Get behind it, in front of it, one or the other. Yeah, and, and don't that goes with any vehicle. You but, don't need yeah. to be pacing vehicles. I hate people who come up yes. on my left corner panel and ride there and ride there, and I know they're there, but I can't see them. You don't want them in your hip pocket. No, I don't want them there. Get around me. Then I, I'll, I'll take my foot off gas, slow down, make them go around me. Yeah. Keep on. Go wherever you're going. Yeah. I don't want you. Keep trucking. Here. All right. So East End Towing to come and take good care of you. Call them 501-888-8849. 501-888-8849. All right. To infinity and beyond. 
tires. What did you see? Well, they're coming out with the honeycomb wheels and tires. They're all solid rubber. They flex. Now, we talked about this months ago. <laughs> yes, yeah. we did. It's becoming a bigger deal now. They're going bigger sizes, like Duck was saying, out there at uh, Granite Mountain. Yep. And a lot of the big, uh, you would call industrial companies and, and things like that, they've learned that these tires are... They don't have any flats anymore. They If they get cuts in the side of them or something don't like that, run, it don't hurt them. They can run them longer. They're more durable. I'm not too sure. You know, it, it, in today's world with the 21, 22, 23, 24-inch wheels and the real narrow sidewall rubber tires, yep. I think that's this is a prelude to that because you get a big wheel, but the rubber is all rubber. Yeah. And it, it actually, as far as performance-wise, they're saying they've got the performance up on them. They don't flex as much as they used to. And anyway, it's it's a work in progress. But, you know, I think in, in the, probably in the near next two or three years, you're going to see them come out on some passenger cars. Yeah, I trucks. thought it was interesting. Yeah, that I, I story. within five years they'll be out running up down the road. The story I thought was interesting is you go in to fix your tire, and uh, they just peel the tread off, and they put new tread on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they and the thing about that too, Dave, is if like you live up in Colorado, Wyoming, you know where they get a bunch of snow, they say they can take the tread off and put studded stuff back on it. Then when it's over with, then they you know they say you can pull it back off and put it back. But I don't know how that's going to how it's going to operate because I have not seen any. But uh, I'm sure we will for long. Well, you have winter treads and you have summer treads, yeah. and yeah, and you know the probably your tire shop you're using, they will keep the old ones for you, store them for you, or to let you take them home, put them in your garage or whatever. They'll they'll work it out. But yeah, it's it's going to be a it's going to be neat to see the stuff that they're coming out with, and you know, looking at it in the environment that I did at a you know a show or something like that, you just see them sitting there, and they've got all the pictures and the videos and stuff. Mm-hmm. But actually putting them on a car and letting us drive one to see, that's coming, but we don't have that yet. But it is coming. Now, you were telling me that they were racing in the parking lot or something? Well, they would do it, and they have a drifting track there. Okay. Did they let you do that, or uh, was it just professional drivers? Oh, there was professional drivers there, Oh, okay. They would give you rides and stuff like that, yeah. Drifting. Actually, the world champion was there. Oh, really? I can't remember his name. I'm not in the drifters. <laughs> but he was there, and uh, he uh, he was giving rides, and, and it, you know, it was pretty cool. Was he in uh, any of those uh, Fast and Furious movies? I didn't. I didn't. I don't know. I didn't get a chance to talk to him or anything like that. I love Tokyo But he's Drift. been in it for about 20 years. He got in it in the ground floor. But well, yeah. then maybe he is. Yeah. You know, he might have been somebody they would have called. I'm sure, yeah. Take a listen. Go watch Tokyo Drift. Yeah, but Dave, it's you know, as Joe said, there is so much stuff to do with with Apex and with SEMA, and with just the bumper to bumper people, ain't it, Joe? I mean, they're just tre- tremendous stuff to go look at and to see. I mean, Apex. I think you could spend four or five days in there and not still not see everybody. So I want to know, like for bumper to bumper, what kind of business they do there. I mean, I'm thinking gazillion dollars moves around to people buying new equipment and things of that nature well i'm sure there is you know a lot of a lot of those those companies there you could look at their equipment and they would give you business cards and i don't think any transactions really happen there dave no oh, okay they're they're after that because these are guys are just running the booths and showing stuff yeah and they, you can't actually 
you could get free gifts from a lot of them give away like yeti cups and t-shirts and hats and all that and you gotta you carry a backpack around collect all the swag you want all the ink pens and anything right and business cards and if you talk to somebody the salesman and you ask questions they'll say here let me scan you and when they scan you you know your information's in there your email address is on there so you can expect those emails coming to you well that way you don't have to be walking around with 200 business cards that's correct or whatever that's correct and and you know, Joe's talking about scanning it. Last week, I've got I got a bunch of emails. You know where Russell was out there and scanned it mm-hmm. uh, and everything. So, uh, you know, I got emails from from AC Delco guy. He sent an yep. email. You know, and uh, uh, I got an email from uh, uh, Standard guy. I guess yep. Russell didn't mind saying all them, but yep. you know, I got probably eight or ten emails. You know, due from the SEMA show. I mean, from the Apex show. All right, I'm going to ask you one more thing before we go to break. Uh, we were talking about this, uh, I believe, this last weekend on uh, uh, the bumper-to-bumper car and truck doctors, and that w- was being uh, batteries. And um, they were somebody was talking about interstate, and then somebody was talking about another one. And the bottom line is there's only about four or five battery makers three now. Three now. Just three? Yes, only three now. Is interstate one of them? Uh, Penn that, makes interstate batteries. Yeah. Okay. East Penn. Yeah, East Penn. Makes a lot of the batteries for different companies. They uh, make motorcraft, and and you know it. If I think Johnson controls the other one, I can't remember the name of the third one. But it, it it basically boils down to this: if you go in and you you buy a battery from somebody, and you buy two different brands, it could be manufactured by the same company, but there are different specs in them because yes. of, and, and different. Different color batteries, and they have different warranties on them, and different types. Batteries are, are you know, the lead acid battery is still there, and it's going to be here to stay for a while. But the glass mat battery and the gel batteries are coming. Yes, more and more manufacturing on that, where there's no water involved in it, and you don't ever check nothing. And you know, the, how do they keep that gel from freezing? Like these, these guys are driving up in Wyoming and, and places. I mean, I I know about you know the truck stops where you stop and you got the big hose or uh, whatever that you put underneath your engine to keep it warm. Well, your batteries are are they're heated all the time. By every anytime it's charging, it's heating the battery. Okay, they put off heat. And, and if you look, all all new batteries, cars, Joe, you know they all got the plastic seal around them with insulation around them, and and they're just trying to turn the heat away from them because heat encodes what kills batteries. I mean, yeah. I, I bet in the last three weeks we've put ten or twelve batteries in. Well, heat more than cold. Yeah, yeah, heat right. is un, if, unforgiving to batteries. If you buy a quality battery, you you can get a three or four year free replacement on it. If you buy a cheaper battery, you're going to get a twelve month or eighteen month or two year free replacement. All right, last question, then we got to take our final break and uh, just give me what you think. Uh, the people that are driving around now, it's going to be a lot colder next week than it has been this week. Yep. And I mean cold. It's going to get down 27, going to get below freezing. So should people be coming by and saying hi, and can you look at my battery and make sure it's it's in good stead? I'm telling everybody right now, check your antifreeze, replace your wiper blades, just get your car looked at or your 18-wheeler looked at. They're all the same. Uh, before it gets cold and you riding down the road and you and it freezes up because you had a water leak and you've been putting a little bit of you know a little water in it, yeah. You know, just 
check everything. All right. So take the time. I don't do. They need to call you before they do that. Yes. Yeah. Okay. We need to know they're coming. Otherwise, it you know it may not get in that day. So. But I did hire me an employee yesterday. Oh, you, that's two now. I know. And good, good for you. This guy has worked for a Ford dealership down in Waco, Texas, and wow, his wife wanted to move back to Arkansas, and he come by yesterday, and I hired him. All right, all good right, deal. Let's take a break. It's uh, about ten minutes until eight. Uh, don't forget, I'm going to be over at Pleasant Valley Country Club at eleven o'clock. I'll be speaking there to the Republican women. I'm looking forward to it. You want to come? Go to their website, buy your ticket, and I'll see you this afternoon. So Dave Ellswick Show, 101.1 FM, The Answer. Let's finish it up here for a Thursday with uh, uh, Joe and Duck. Don't forget, I'm back at 9 o'clock. We've got a show coming up right after mine that's going to talk to you about your money. What's all this craziness with the election doing to the stock market? They'll be talking about that. Then I'll be back on, and i got Jimmy Cavan coming on. We'll talk about the mayor here of Little Rock, one re-election. How and why, I don't understand why you would vote him back in, but many of you did. Uh, he's got going to have to show up in front of the judge because he's still not doing what he's supposed to do about keeping the law about Freedom of Information Act because he doesn't want to be transparent because you're going to find out what he's really doing. Just telling you. Mm-hmm. All right? just, just warning you, he might not serve out his term. It's possible. All right. So anyway, enough on that. Yep. Let me move on. Uh, we talked a little bit about getting your car ready. Uh, get a call uh, your bumper-to-bumper certified service center and tell them you want to come by and get all your, you know, all the, the liquids checked out and check your antifreeze and check your battery and look at – look, I'm just going to tell you. you should, and if you put on your, your new blades back in the spring, it's time to change them out. Sure. You know, I'm going to do that. Now, what do I use? Uh, I like Rain-X. I like Rain-X. I like Rain-X. I bought some. uh, We was in um, Cody, Wyoming, fixing to go up into Yellowstone, and it was raining that day. And my wiper started streaking real bad on on my pickup. So I went down to uh, this little part store. It was was a mom and pop. And I I went and I said, look, I I don't want the cheap wiper blades. I want the good one. And uh, this guy said, hey, look, let me sell you a set of these. He said, you will like them. And they was made by the Boss Corporation. Mm-hmm. Um, they they use them up there because they got the plastic seal all over them. Mm-hmm. You know where they don't fold, they don't you know get ice on them and lock up. You know where they won't touch the windshield. So I bought a set. They was fifty six or seven dollars for the set. But he was right. They was good wipers. All right. Look, you go buy just Rain X over at uh, Wally World. It's going to cost you forty bucks. Oh yep. yeah, they're, they're wiper blades are priced crazy on them. Of course, they're made out of rubber and plastic, and you know, yep, all and that stuff's went up just because of uh, inflation and everything. Yep. What? That inflation really yeah, exists? Absolutely. Oh, I didn't know that. President says it doesn't. Well, I'm going to tell you. <laughs> hey. Automotive parts all have have seen a, a big increase in the past year or two they, years. There's some of this stuff, Joe, that's 50% up. I'm telling you, alternators. You, you take electronics and stuff like that, where you could buy a starter a year ago for a hundred and a quarter. It's two fifty now. Yep. I guarantee you. Every bit. I bought a truck starter yesterday for an eighteen wheeler. You know, it's it's a a thirty seven MT. It's you know it weighs about. Oh, 60 pounds, 65 pounds, the whole starter. And we've been buying them 
somewhere around two hundred dollars, four hundred fourteen dollars yesterday. Yeah. Mm. So it it is what that, it is. That but, make, and it make your pocket lighter. Oh, absolutely. You know, just war- just just warning you. Yeah. By the way, let's talk again about batteries just uh, for a moment, because as I was asking about, you know, should you have them checked and things of that nature, but. Uh, how about uh, cranking power? How much? How many? How many cranking? Cold cranking. cranking yeah, amps. should you well, have? Let's talk about that just a minute. On a late model car today, and you know there was a time you'd say, "Well, I'll go down to Walmart and buy me a battery," and you go down there and you buy one that fits in there. Yeah, but that's not the right way to do this because cold cranking amps OE mandates the minimum and the maximum and what it was when it was born. We looked that stuff up, so when we put in a battery, we put back in the exact same battery it was born with. And the reason this is important, yeah, you might save $75 on a battery or 100 bucks buying a cheaper one. But the problem is, most of these alternators today are computer-controlled. And if you'll look at the battery cable, somewhere on it there's going to be a plastic ring that goes around the positive cable. That is an amp clamp. So it's telling the computer... The amperage of that battery when it's cranking plus what it's doing when it's running. And that's how it comes up with this charging strategy. But if the battery is not strong enough for the vehicle or even if it is too many cold cranking amps, that strategy is skewed. We can't change that with a scanner. But a lot of the batteries today, when you put them in, you've got to go in there with a scanner and tell them that you've replaced that battery so it'll start its learning strategy over again. And, and another thing, too, Joe, I, I try to explain to people, look, if if it calls for 1,100 cold cranking amps and you put 800 cold cranking amps in it, it's going to work that alternator that it's much harder. Overcharge it. And then the next thing you know, the alternator is going to be bad mm-hmm. and your battery is going to be bad because it's overcharged and burning up. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I had a customer was raising cane last week when y'all was gone. Yeah. I, you know, and I told her, I said, look, I can put you this cheap battery in it. Yep. But you're I promise you, you're going to be back in two or three months mad at me because my alternator's out now, and i got to replace the battery again. She said, go ahead, put what you need to put in there. There yeah. you go. You know, we, we you actually, know, When you go and see your technician, it's like if you go and see the doctor. Yep. I mean, I don't know everything that goes into, like, when they want to do an arteriogram on mm-hmm. me or whatever. I figure they know that, and they'll tell me. So I do what they tell me to do. In, in our experience doing this for 40 years, most of the arguments about what a battery costs, just a single component replacement, mm-hmm. is price. In today's world, a battery, you need to buy the one that was the car was built with, the exact specs on it. Otherwise, you're going to cost yourself more money. Even if that battery is $280, yep. you can put a $150 battery in there, but you're going to take away from something else. You're going to get it overcharged, undercharged, alternator's going to wear out, burn the drivers up in the in the PCM that drive that alternator. There's a lot of things you could cause more damage to because of the voltage that's not there or the voltage that's there that's too much. All right. Keep all that in mind, and we'll talk about it even more on the next edition on a Thursday with these guys, Joe and Duck here on the Dave Ellswick Show. I used to always buy a Die Hard. That's what I always bought and put in my car. It's not that simple anymore. No. All right. 
wraps it up for today, guys. Thanks Thank for you, Dave. coming. Thank you, Dave. I'm glad you're back. I'm glad I'm and back, that, too. And that you're all right. Oh, yeah. Because if they had to arrest him, they've been putting that net over his face to keep him from spitting <laughs> on people. I'm going to tell you, Dave, I'm going to work real hard to not get handcuffed. I promise you. <laughs> right. But I got a phone call, Dave, and I thought, oh, God, they're yeah, all I in got jail. You. All right. We'll be back. I'll be back at 9 o'clock. Be with me. We'll be talking to Jimmy Cavan at that time here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Let's finish it up for a Thursday. I'll do uh, this ten, this nine o'clock hour, and uh, take a few moments to relax, and then make my way over to the Pleasant Valley Country Club, where I'll be uh, at eleven thirty for the lunch over there with the ladies, uh, the Republican ladies, and I'll be speaking there. If you still want to go, you should let them know. They got to know how much food, all right, that they need to fix for them. So uh, do that. And uh, hope to see you over there. I, I've been telling everybody already what I'm going to talk about. I'm going to talk about the article I talked about uh, at 7:35 about uh, you know how our uh, our culture is going to hell in a handbasket, and we're going to talk a little bit about that in the speech back in '93. That was uh, a speech by uh, Daniel uh, Patrick Moynihan that uh, was a perfect warning about where we were headed, and we've arrived now. So we'll talk about that. And uh, Patricia Heaton, uh, you know, the wife from Everybody Loves uh, Raymond. You probably remember her. Uh, We'll talk about uh, her Twitter feed yesterday. Pretty interesting uh, what she had to say, and very true about what she had to say. I'll look at uh, the uh, races here in in Arkansas. To be honest, uh, we did good. As a state, we did good. I mean, look, Fox News made this statement on the air. Look at Florida. They look like Arkansas now because we don't have any Democrats in any major positions of power. And that's the way it is now. It took them a few more years, but that's where Florida is now. So uh, be proud about that. I'm just saying be proud about that. But don't take your eyes off of them. You never take, you never stop watching. You got to always watch, and uh, and uh, if they start doing things bad, you got to let them know. And I'm just telling you that uh, the ones at the top won't like it. I mean, I was I was talked to by some people at the very top of the Republican Party and said, "Why do you talk about our dirty laundry?" And I said, "Because it's dirty laundry, and it needs to be talked about, and it needs to stop." And uh, they didn't want to talk about that anymore. 
So anyway, that's what's going on. Jimmy's here today. It's always good to have Jimmy here. Uh, I'm going to just say we're muckraker brothers. <laughs> and that's what we are. And a muckraker is not a bad person. Muckraker, muckraker goes out and digs up the dirt that's out there that nobody else wants to talk about. In fact, people know that it exists. They know that it's going on, and they put up with it. And we saw that just the other night when they reelected uh, Scott. Mayor of Little Rock. Yes, sir. We absolutely did. Um, uh, Tuesday night, 51% of the Little Rock voters um, said that they're okay with violent crime. They're okay with corruption. They're okay with zero transparency. They're okay with everything this mayor is doing, that they can, they can swallow that. And here's the key. It's not just a couple conservatives like... Uh, like Jimmy and myself yelling about it. Matt Campbell is calling is, is calling him out, and he's he's as blue as they come. Yes, sir. Matt Campbell, uh, he did. Uh, Matt's Matt's still doing good work on it. He's calling out the corruption, crime, and he is. He's he's a Democrat. Uh, Max Brantley, Arkansas Times. I mean, yellow dog himself, right? Yeah. And uh, but you push him hard enough, he'll actually tell the truth. Yeah, and and he just and that's what was so telling about this. Is that Max saw the truth? Max reported the truth, and uh, and he reported the facts about uh, the transparency issues. He reported the facts about the FLA. He reported the facts about the uh, security detail. He reported the facts about the corruption. He reported the facts about the crime, and and nobody paid attention. What's interesting is, is you and I talked about this a lot, Dave. Is the demographic that Steve Landers needed? To win this election is the very demographic that subscribes to the Arkansas Times, that listens to Max Brantley. They didn't listen. They heard Max, but they didn't care. Yeah, and and in the past have cared if crime had gotten into their area. I mean, Stodola got the sting from them at times because he wasn't watching things. Uh, Joe Jim Daly... You know, was having problems uh, with them at times, but not this time. No, and what's interesting... It was live and let live. Yes, and, we, and what's very interesting is the, is the key demographic. I mean, everybody knew the East was going to vote for Frank, right? Mm-hmm. That's just a given. West was going to go with, with Steve. But that key demographic that we're talking about, though, and I'm not picking on the Hillcrest and Heights, but that type of demographic, okay? And those are... What the, we would refer to back in the day as limousine liberals yes yes so that's the very demographic that generally rails against establishment corruption right they generally rail against that stuff but here it is in their own city and they want to accept it why do they want to accept it let's look at two things that you can't get away from it's not just that frank scott is a liberal democrat it does come into play that Frank Scott is a black liberal Democrat. Oh, yeah. If you're a minority, then hands off. Yes. And and, and so I think that's important. That key demographic we talk about who generally rail against that stuff, right? They're willing to take they're willing to take a pass because the fact is that they have a black liberal Democratic mayor. And so they're willing to swallow the fact that he's corrupt, that he's unethical, that he's it's just proven it's not even debatable, right? Of of what's been going on in his administration. They're willing to t- they're willing to swallow that. 
what what is disturbing is that people are willing to dis, to swallow the crime. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, that's that's pretty disturbing. And uh, when you have death every day, well, don't, look, all, hey, what, I'm going to I'm this is the God honest truth because I've seen it happen in other places. I saw it happen in Gary, Indiana, when Richard Hatcher was the first black mayor of a major city here in uh, the United States. I was living there at the time. For 20 years, man was there. And uh, behind him was a group called The Family. And they were running cocaine like crazy in Gary. And everybody looked the other way. People were getting killed, but they weren't the important people. (laughs) Right. All right. They weren't the important people. They were just, you know, as I call myself, a Joe Schmo. That goes about and does my job and, and works and whatever. If I get shot, no big deal. No right. no big deal. If you're Joe Schmo, it doesn't matter what color you are, by the way. If you get shot, you're no big deal. I, I agree. We look back to little, little Chloe who got gunned down by the Little Rock Zoo. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cute little old girl, right? And we look at that, and you almost want to say, does that not matter? It, it matters to me. No. No, but the answer you just said it. The answer we got Tuesday is but from fifty one percent of the people is no, a little closer. Not really. Uh uh-uh. not really. It's not my little girl that's right. being shot. All right. Because hey, that's just a little girl. Right. I'm just saying. Let's call it for what it is. Yes, and uh and you and I talked about it before the show. Little Rock no longer rivals Chicago or was trying to catch Chicago or rival Chicago in in being the most crime-ridden, uh, corrupt city in the nation. No, we no, Little Rock no longer rivals them. Little Rock has, as of Tuesday night, has surpassed Chicago. If uh, you figure it out by per capita, they have gone past Chicago. Oh, absolutely. And, and in the thought process, all right, if not past, they're right in the same area, the same wheelhouse as Lighthouse is about, I mean, look, she has multiple murders every weekend. And she's not doing anything to really stop it. No, and in the same way with Frank Scott. And, and oh my God, if I hear this word "holistic" one more time out of Frank Scott's mouth, you know he keeps talking about his holistic approach to crime. Well, it's a complete failure. His policies have failed on crime. Uh, it's oh, no, no, no. It's not a, a complete failure because you got to understand it's not. It, people aren't killing people because. They're gang members. They're killing them because they're family members. Well, it doesn't matter. They're killing people, and there's dead people in the streets. Yeah, little little Chloe, who we've talked about, you know, that she wasn't killed by family members. No, she, you know, she was killed by she was killed by rapid gunfire stuff that that had nothing to do with her. The the person that caused her death didn't know Chloe. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and and he can say that all day long was people know each other and everything. Well, you can say that all day long, which is kind of true. But, you know, the gang members know each other. The criminals know each other. And when they're firing up, you know, it's not like, you know, they do know each other. Yeah, and they're friends until you step on their turf. Yeah. So, then it changes. And, and, and of course, the, the, the problem is, is you and I aren't rolling around with a security detail. I think that might get stopped. It's, if the board of directors, if the board of directors grow some, grow some, yeah, absolutely. Then they have the 
they have the power to stop a lot of this. Mm-hmm. And and we're going to and we're going to talk about what Lance Hines is going to propose. But I've said for a long time, and I'm going to challenge the board of directors. Look, you you have the budget. You can say, look, okay, we're going to fund this budget, but we're not going to fund a security detail. Yeah, pay for it out of your own pocket. Yeah, we're not going to fund that. Do that. All right, let's get a break in. We got to do that. I'm being told. I got a break. People tell me what to do around here. Nine seventeen on a uh, Thursday uh, morning, and uh, don't forget again. I'm going to be over uh, at the uh, Pleasant Valley Country Club about eleven, eleven thirty, eleven thirty's lunch, and then I guess I'm going to speak around twelve, twelve thirty, something like that. So they'll uh, they'll turn they'll make the mistake of turning the podium over to me. I always like to remind them, you made the mistake of inviting me here. All right, Hillcrest Designer Jewelry, uh, waiting for you to stop by and talk to them about what you want to buy for Christmas. Yeah, Christmas not that far away. you got to be thinking about it. Eric Coleman wants you to come by, visit, and uh, look at all his display cases, find something you like there. Uh, purchase it. You'll find that the prices at uh, Hillcrest Designer Jewelry is much more competitive than the big box stores you can go through and uh, and to here in the city. You want wedding rings. You want uh, you know an engagement ring. Look, Eric can do it for you. He can get you one, and he'll save you about 20% over any of the other jewelry stores. He's located at 3000 Cavanaugh, and he's in Suite E. He's open Monday through Saturday, 10 to 6. Stop by and see him. Now, if you, you want to call, all right, you don't, you're, maybe you're going to be down in, um, in Bryant or something, and you need to call him and talk to him, 501 246 3655. 40 years of experience. In the jewelry business, that's Eric Coleman at Hillcrest Designer Jewelry. Yeah, I, now I don't guarantee that you're going to feel like an electric current going up your your leg like they did when Obama would call them. But, but it is. We try to be stimulating in that we try to we try to hit the uh, the big topics of the day. Nine twenty two, Dave Ellswick Show, one hundred one one FM, the answer. If you want to hear what's really going on, this is where you'll come to and listen to the show and be listening because there's going to be some changes coming up here in the in the near future. Uh, and there's going to be more of me here on 101.1, and you'll want to know when that's going to be happening. All right, let's uh, let's talk about some of the stories that uh, are out there uh, right now, Jimmy. That everybody may not know about, although at least uh, the media is covering them. And uh, Campbell, Blue Hog, uh, blogger, uh, at, you know, has, has got uh, the mayor kind of paying attention now because uh, uh, the ethnic, the ethnic people up there at the state house are are starting to look at, hmm, where, what are you spending money on and things of that nature. Now, don't expect anything to really come out of it. They will not. They will not punish. This mayor, as badly as they have punished Alan Clark, I'll guarantee that. All right, I will guarantee it. Well, maybe maybe they'll get a conscience. I don't know, but if they if they don't, it, it'll be a slap on the wrist. Yeah, the the Arkansas Ethics Commission. I mean, nobody really has very much faith in them, and for good reason. They've shown a pattern. So I'll give you an example. Uh, Matt Campbell filed an ethics complaint against the mayor for using 
the uh, city vehicles and city personnel is is um, for his campaign, event. right? It carries to go to campaign events uh, and for his security detail, the right police officers to be with him, which is a definite ethics violation. I have no doubt the ethics commission will find him guilty of that. And what they'll do is they'll issue him a letter saying, "Hey, you know, you don't need to do that." Da da da, and they'll fine him two hundred dollars, and that'll be the end of it. And Frank won't care. Uh, kind of like because he figures fifty-one percent of the people voted for him, and they don't care either. That's right. He 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 has been given a license to do whatever he wants. Kind of like on November sixteenth, uh, he's going to have to go to court and show cause why he didn't provide information to Matt Campbell. God bless Matt Campbell for what he's doing. Okay, and but the reality is this: we've seen this before. When uh, the Charles Stark shooting, when uh, the judge ordered uh, Frank and Humphrey to do some things and they didn't do it, and the judge came back in and said, hey, I'm going to hold you in contempt if you don't. And, you know, and if you don't, when I hold you in contempt, I'm going to fine you every day. Well, you know, who's paying that fine? It's not Frank. He, he said to fine the city every day. And so in this situation where uh, Matt, who is uh, – has taken Frank Scott to court. I anticipate a lot of other lawsuits against Frank Scott, and probably some for me, I hope. Uh, but the reality is this. When he gets to court on the 16th, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? Does anybody really think the judge is going to put him in jail? Yeah, they're going to throw the book at him. No. <laughs> even though even though he's thumbed his nose at the court. He's, he, who hadn't he thumbed his nose at? And, and this was – he thumbed his nose before the election. Now he's got a license from the people. So he thumbed his nose at Larry Jagley, Pulaski County Prosecutor. He's thumbed his nose at the court system. He's thumbed his nose at everybody. And he has been given a license to just do whatever he wants. So now he's only going to be more emboldened. If you think it was hard to get information from the city before, you ain't seen nothing yet. All right, so my, here's my question. Will Jones is coming in as a, a Pulaski County prosecutor in January. Larry Jagley has is, is, had a distinguished career, has done a good job for Pulaski County, you know, basically. I mean, I've, I've gotten crosswise with him a few times, but normally he's a pretty reasonable guy of what he's doing. And uh, I, can, I can say this is that, you know, you got two months left on the job. You probably don't want to take a baseball bat and hit the hornet's nest because that's what's going to happen if he really, really went after Frank because he's got the goods on him. That's it. He's been sent the evidence. Uh, he's decided to just bark and not bite. Yep. That's what he said. He's barked. He's, he's, he's written letters and he said a few things and, oh, my God. You know, they attacked him just about what he said, you know. Uh, the NAACP on the steps of City <laughs> yeah, Hall because did. of what he said. And, uh, you know, Larry Larry kind of backed down. Now, what is Will Jones going to do, the new prosecutor, who supposedly is a, a fair conservative guy? I won't say that he's – he probably is a straight flagpole with the wind blowing. He's not leaning left or right probably. Which bothers me because that mean how does he view the law and things of that nature? Right. You know what is he going to do? I haven't heard a word from him yet. Now he works for Jagley, but I don't think I don't think you know Larry would have any problem if he wanted to say you know when I take over, 
uh, I'm taking the gloves off as far as what's going on in Little Rock. It would be nice if Will Jones would come out and say, hey, you know, when I take over. We're going to take a close yeah, look at this. Yeah, there's a new sheriff in town. You know, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna demand everybody follow the law, and if they don't, then I'm gonna do something about it. No, let me tell you right now, I'm not holding my breath. No, <laughs> no, I wouldn't hold. Does it my up. face look purple? Because <laughs> no, because no, I'm not holding my breath. <laughs> no, and, and we're gonna give him a chance. But here's the thing about Will Jones: it's not gonna take long to find out, is it? No, we'll know the first day. Yeah, because he's got all the information he needs to to initiate. If he has to, an investigation, mm-hmm. and to get serious about it. Yeah, what what I'm being told through sources, I've talked to Mr. Jigley. I've got cases on his desk right now that are just cut and dried. Okay, and and they know it. They just, I mean, this is since August they've been over there. Okay, and uh, work with Jill Camps, uh, deputy prosecutor, who's investigated a lot of this. So when they say they hadn't investigated, that's not true. They've actually investigated because I've worked with them. I've worked with them in the investigation. They're just not doing anything about it. And I'm not getting on Jill Camps, deputy prosecutor. I think she does a good job, okay? But it's not her decision at the end of the day. It's not her decision. And I'm going to call Larry Jigley today. I'm going to call him tomorrow. I think he's probably a little put out with me right now with the stance I've taken in public on what he's doing, but I can't help that. Well, I'm going to call him and invite him on the show. I wish he would. You know, and, and see if he'll finally, you know, take the time out to come on over and, and yeah. talk about what's going on here in Little Rock. All right, we got news that we got to get to. Jimmy and I will return. Do not run off anywhere. And don't forget to be over at the Pleasant Valley Country Club on One Pleasant Valley at about 1130. And I'll be speaking over there. You don't want to miss it. There'll be some something that you'll find interesting. I'll guarantee it. All right, let's take a break. Back with you here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Good to have you with us. Glad that you joined us. Jimmy's here. Jimmy Cavins with us. Jimmy, if somebody wants to read uh, about uh, all your stuff, because we only scratch the surface on a lot of things, uh, you, you have a Facebook page, right? Oh, yes, sir. It's, a, it's, a, it's, it's Jimmy Cavins, but it's J-I-M-M-I-E, uh, C-A-V. I-N. So it's like Jiminy Cricket. Yes, sir. Okay. And I, and I spell my name Jimmy a little bit different, but yes, sir, I, my, my Facebook uh, page is public. All right. And I welcome, I welcome everybody on there. Even if you can't stand me, go to my page and, uh, and, and put in comments how bad you can't stand me. Yeah. So I'm... All right. Now, I wanted to talk about something. I, like I said, I've been around now here in the Little Rock area uh, for over 20 years. About going on 24 now. And I've been hollering and screaming and, and bringing out the facts about what's going on. Here's what I'm getting a little bit nervous about, uh, a little closer to home. I live up in Cabot. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if anybody else in Cabot has noticed this. Cabot has d- decidedly started to, I think, turn a hue of purple. Oh, yes. I don't think there's any question. All right. And I'm not talking about there's red seeping in over there. There's blue seeping in over in Cabot. And it's being brought by people who say they're red. Mm -hmm. And that that makes it doubly dangerous. It really does. I mean, there's people that uh, are part of uh, the Republican Party, Lono County, 
uh, that live in Cabot that have her big voices in Cabot that are not expounding the Republican line is what I would like to say as far as they're not following the Republican platform. I, I agree, and I think uh, you and I talked about it. It was real interesting to me, some of the election results from Cabot, and I'll just take a few of them, that, that back up my contention and yours, that it's not a blue wave going to Cabot, but it's like a, a oil spill, a blue oil spill. Yes, slowly. slow moving. And if you look at the school board races, which are pivotal down there, and we talked about uh, Laura McNeil, who was running, and Courtney Rildham, uh, who you had on your show, both of them, really staunch conservative people, okay, really, really staunch conservative people. And they were running against incumbents. Uh, Courtney ran against Kevin Tipton, and Laura ran against James Herzog. Now, both, full, full disclosure, right. Her- Herzog used to be my optometrist, mm-hmm. all right? And uh, uh, Kevin Tipton is part of the Lone County Republican Committee, and James Herzog, and they both promote themselves kind of as a Republican conservative, which is just not true. And if you look at the policies at the Cabot School Board and in the in the in what the, how the board is done, they are not conservatives. Now they wear a conservative mask, but that's it. So let's let's take that these two highly conservative candidates ran against Tipton and Herzog, and they got. Trounced. Yeah, they got select. Herzog won seventy seven percent of the vote. Tipton won sixty two percent. They in uh, again running against strong conservatives. Now you take Marvin Jones, who's on the school board down there, who is promotes himself and really is a pretty much conservative guy. And there were two people ran against him. Leah Bell was one of them, who is a far left liberal, far left liberal, and. Uh, she actually got 40% of the vote. Marvin Jones got 47 and the third person got the got the rest. Well, if that third person had been in there, would Leah Bell actually have a chance? So you take that and you go, okay, there's two conservatives that got trounced at the at school board race. One conservative incumbent almost got beat by a left-wing liberal. Then you go to the city council. Okay. Uh, James Reed solid, solidified down there in Cabot, right? Council member solidified. Jeremy Pickard ran against him, and Jeremy, uh, nice guy. I like Jeremy, but he is a—he's pretty much left, and uh, believes in red flag laws and all this stuff. Well, he took on James Reed, and you would think James Reed would own him, right? No, uh, Reed only won by a little over two hundred votes, and that tells a story. Now let's go over to the other city council race when Corey Spangler ran against uh, James Lynn. Okay, Corey Spangler, uh, young guy, nice guy. I've talked to him, nice guy, but he's a TikTok generation liberal. I mean, he is a far left liberal. And young guy, and guess what? He won. And guess what? He's related to Leah Bell. <laughs> he's Leah Bell's son, yeah. And so when you look at that, you're going, hold on a minute. You know, you had, you had, you had, Three concert. You had three uh, uh, three school board members. Uh, t- two conservatives ran to get on there, got trounced by people who claimed to be conservatives, and they're clearly not. You had a conservative member almost get beat by a far left liberal. If there hadn't been that third candidate, may have gotten beaten by the 
a far left liberal. You have a liberal uh, taking on the, a guy who's been solid down there in the city council member and almost beats him, and then you have a left wing liberal that wins a city council racing cap. That's what I'm talking about. It's it's starting to encroach. Yes, uh, in Cabot. Look, uh, if they're getting in there in positions like city mm-hmm. council and stuff, you're going to start hearing them talk in uh, lefties. Oh, know, it, it in, won't take in long at all. They'll, they'll start talking it, about it. I'm going to suggest that you take some time and you go spend a little time listening to the city council and see what's being discussed. Yeah, and I, think I think that I, I will start doing that. I, I, I recommend that. To, to people, what, what it is, people are going to have to start getting involved in listening because here again, Corey Spangler, I, I like Corey. He's a nice guy. He's just wrong. Yeah, let, let's just stop, <laughs> and stop there and, and talk about this. I'm friends that uh, friends with people that do not hold the same political affiliations that I do. I don't uh, I don't pick my friends by what they believe in as far as politics go. I'm much more probably uh, towards where are they religiously and spiritually than I am any which way. And uh, I'm friends with people that. We don't talk politics because it won't be pretty. No, no, be ugly. We, we, you know, people tease me all the time about well, you talk to Max Brantley. Well, yeah, I talk to Max. How can you talk to Max Brantley? I said, come on, man. I mean, and and Max, you know, he grumbles and everything. And, and he, Max really likes me. He just won't. He Max, just won't admit. Max it. is a, com- a curmudgeon. Yeah. That's yeah, basically it, well, yeah, it, the same way Ernie Dumas is. Yeah. It, it, but I talked to Max, and we agree on nothing politically. Nothing. Yeah. And, uh, but I can still talk to him, and but but I'm going to fight. I'm going to fight against their beliefs in the way they want to go. Like um, you know, I could promise you if you think Corey Spangler is going to get down that city council meeting and sit on his hands, you're wrong. Yeah, he, I'll, I'll be there so I can listen to him. He will start. You know, Corey's a loud guy, and he will start. Uh, he will start uh, bringing things in there. And so it's a seepage. It's a seepage in Sherwood with Mary Jo Townsell. Uh, yeah, I wanted to talk a little bit about that. Yeah, I mean, this is a woman that is not pro-police. No. No, I mean, is her her stances are clear on on the, the way she's not wanting to fund them, not wanting to add officers. Um, her stance on a civil suit that's now against the Sherwood PD, which is ridiculous in nature. Um and she is clearly a far-left liberal who has positioned herself over time of being on the city council to run for mayor. Well, she actually, uh, she actually garnered 47 points. And she got close. Yeah, she almost pulled it off, but she's in a runoff with the incumbent, Virginia Hill Young, now. And uh, Mary Jo is just a clear far-left liberal. And those are her By thoughts. By the way, I, I see their billboards every day as I drive home from work. It's fun because she's garnered, she's raised a lot of money, which is typical of, of the, that liberal end, okay, with mm-hmm. her husband, Tab Tansel, being former Mayor Conway's executive director of Metro Plan, very politically connected guy. Uh, I went through and did some stuff. It, Mary Jo actually, as a council member, was accepting PAC money from liberal PACs as a council person. And uh, so if you look at what's interesting is she raised... Uh, in her campaign, a little over $36,000, which is a lot for Sherwood Mayor's race compared to Virginia Hillman Young, who raised $23,500. But true to a liberal, Mary, Mary Jo Townsville actually 
spent more than what she raised. She's actually spent four thousand dollars more than what she raised. So she's raised what? She's uh, forty thousand. Forty grand. Okay. Right. And that's that's just to now. And so what's interesting now the real spending has to yes. be coming and, yeah. and so so she's spending more money than what she's got, true to form mm-hmm. on the liver, right? Now uh Virginia Hillman Young kinda kept the reserves, so she's got money for the day. But some interesting stuff is coming about about Mary Jo that I found out because she works for the Little Rock School District as a nurse. And uh she's a swim coach over there. But Came across some interesting emails where she was actually doing with her sign company, campaign sign. She was actually working with them while she was at work at the Little Rock School District using her school district email address to conduct business. I'm pretty sure there's a rule against that. I'll take it a step further. I didn't put the emails out yet, but I'll tell you, Dave. She actually was sending emails to her swim team's parents from her Little Rock School District account while she was at work. Uh, asking them to get their kids to volunteer to go put campaign stuff on people's doors, walk through. You have those. You got those emails. Oh yeah. All right. Bring them next Thursday. Yeah. And uh, all right. Uh, that's a that's an that's a no no. Yeah. That's a that, definite no no. Yeah. All right. And promising them volunteer hours, credit hours. That needs to be turned over to the ethics commission for yes. sure. Absolutely. All right, final break. Then we come back. Jimmy and I wrap it up for this edition of What's Going On in Your Backyard here on the uh, the Dave Ellswick Show, one oh one one FM, the answer. We continue. Dave Ellswick Show. 1011 FM, the answer. Again, let me remind you that you can go to your store, you know, go to, you know, whatever you use for your, um, I can't just say Verizon now because they, they sell iPhones too. Whether you got an iPhone or you got uh, a phone like I do, uh, you got a Play Store, go, go look up, uh, you know, 1011 FM, the answer in it, and you can download our app. And make sure you put the app on your phone. I explained this a little bit earlier in the show. Because our antenna sits on the side of the mountain where all the TV antennas are at, uh, if you're on the back side of the mountain, that would be kind of the Bitten Bryant kind of area, uh, we might get fuzzy in certain places. You can get rid of that. Just put the app on your phone. You can listen to us on the phone anytime for any show, for my show or, you know, Rayford's show or anybody's show. Just know that you can get a clear uh, signal and a clear uh, coverage. And then if something happens, and which happened the other day, and, our, and we went off the air on the radio, we're still broadcasting on the app, and we're still broadcasting on the Internet. You can still listen to us clear as a bell then, and you don't miss anything. And as you listen to Jimmy on my show, you know there's a lot of stuff that's coming out that you want to keep uh, track with. And then you can go visit his uh, Facebook. Jimmy is J-I-M-M-I. J-I-M-M-I-E. I-E, okay. I spell like my grandpa did. And then the cabins with C-A-V-I-N? Yes, sir. All right. Go there. You know, just search for him. And then he'll let you become a friend, and uh, you can stay in touch with a lot of this stuff, a lot more than even what I cover here on my show. Yes, sir. I, t- I try to get I try to get stuff from all over the state, and uh, and I work on issues. Right now, I'm working on an issue in Logan County, of course, Lone Oak County. I've done it in Yale County, Faulkner County. Uh, where I'm needed is where I go. Here's one other. I'm going to make another suggestion. 
if you're KHTV, KHTV, or you're, you know, Fox, or whatever TV station, you should check his website out every day. Every day. Just like, when, you know, everybody used to listen to Rush so they could figure out what Rush was talking about. You should listen and hear what... I mean, he's got phone interviews and stuff that he does with people. And they... I'm just going to put it... They incriminate themselves on the phone. <laughs> yeah, usually, you know, for some reason, if you just talk to people, they'll they'll talk to you. Yeah. And you can give them enough rope and they'll hang themselves oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. right there in front of you. <laughs> yes, so it's sir. amazing. It's amazing what they'll do. But anyway, uh, I would suggest to the TV stations they, pay, they they figure that out because I know that the money has kind of dried up even for local news. And you're not getting the money that used to come into you 20 years ago. And so you don't have as many reporters as you used to have. And the reporters that you have are, are neophytes, and they don't understand a lot of times what it is that they're out to do in reporting the news, and they don't know what questions to ask because the news director may not have, you know, taken them under their wing and explained to them, hey, look, you're going to be going to talk to, you know, let's just say Senator Bozeman. Maybe you should know what Senator Bozeman is saying about uh, agriculture Mm -hmm. so that you can ask him some questions about it. But I digress. Well, and will you ask ask the questions that need to be asked? Yeah. That's yeah. It, Are you asking the important questions? And uh, and and I do. I I, I pick them because I'm, I'm. I I think they failed. They they failed the public in a sense. In um, exception to Channel Four, I can't complain about them too much. Uh, Mitch McCoy can't complain about him. But uh, seven and eleven has just completely failed the public. Capitulated is the yeah, word. And and uh, I I can tell you you know. I do my homework, I do my deal, and I'm going to tell you what they want. And I'm going to tell you, uh, you know, I'm not going to blow smoke. I'm not going to tell people what they want to hear. I'm going to tell them the truth and the facts. Well, I'll tell you, the last really good reporter Seven had was Jason Klein's wife. Yeah, I believe so. You know, I mean, now she's got a couple of kids. I think she's basically given up uh, the business, and I understand that because I'm just going to tell you, I, I tell people this a lot. They say, how long have you been doing this? I said, 56 years. And they go, my God, you've been doing it for a long time. I said, yeah. And when I, I married my wife, I told her what I did. And I said, and radio, in fact, talk radio, is a very, very uh bad mistress at times <laughs> just to be honest i mean it, it it takes sucks up a lot of my time it, it does and and i really enjoy doing this i i, I don't make anything oh it. i hate doing this <laughs> but it, it it does i i spend uh not bragging anything but i spend countless hours researching of your own time oh yes sir and 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 i and i, and I don't mind doing it because if if the if the press won't do it, somebody's got to do it. Yeah, and that's a good question yeah. because they should have even better outreach to people uh, for their sources than you do. So why aren't we hearing some of these stories that you seem to easily uncover? Well, and, and I'm not demeaning myself, but where we at is t- to a point when you have to come to Jimmy Cabin on Facebook to find out the real news. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
that's not a very good statement, is it? I agree. <laughs> I, mean, I, I agree. Or, or just the news in general. Yeah. I mean, that's not what you want to do. I mean, look, who's got the, be, big, the best cheese dip? I don't give a flip. That's right. And so, you know, don't you know, do a two-minute, you know, soft piece on that. I don't care. No. I really don't. I, I want to ask. I mean, did the whole city turn out for that? No. Who is, I'm not bragging on me, but who besides me has asked Frank Scott why he refused to take a breathalyzer test on August uh, 26, 2018 at 3.23 a.m. at Sherwood Police Department? Not not saying that you'll get an answer because you probably won't, but if you have a TV camera there, you're going to get his facial expression. Yeah. Why wouldn't you ask that question? I'll do this. Or that he'll just turn away and walk away from you. As, as far as this race, if it was Steve Landers that had refused a Beth Advisor test, okay, they would be they would be like piranhas on him, right? Probably so. But they won't they won't ask the tough questions to the people that need the questions asked to them. No. Because, you know, I i won't say who it is, but they told me that somebody called them and told them that they were going to pull their advertising if they kept doing the stories about, uh, what was it, uh, what car was it that kept flipping over that Ford made? Oh, the, what was it, the, the, they called it the chariot of fire, the one that, uh, the, But anyway, they, yeah. uh, they were doing stories on that, and evidently an advertiser called up uh, the, the head honcho. Uh, and talked to him about it, and the news director was told that he needed to back off. Yeah, that that actually happens here in Little Rock. Yeah, yeah I'm does. delving into that. It you and I talked about it. It happens all the time. It really it happened when I was in Indianapolis. I wasn't. I was uh, at the time. I was a news uh, reporter, and I was uh, I was covering a, a, a case with a, an angel of death, as we call him, where you had a you had a nurse that was killing people. And I was covering the story, and I got to I got the word on it. I went over and started covering it, and they did not want me to keep covering it because uh, it was uh, they were getting calls from people, yeah. you know. And then they had to back off when the state newspaper broke the story. Not breaking it, I'd already been talking right. about it. That's the way it works. All right, we'll take a final break. Oh, not a final break. We'll get out of here. This is it. It's time for us to time to leave. I'll be back with you at 6 a.m. in the morning. Uh, Robert Steinbach, Chris Corbett in uh, with me the first two hours. Let me remind you that after they are off in the 9 o'clock hour, I'm going to have a special on uh, about Veterans Day. Uh, because tomorrow is Veterans Day. If you know a vet, thank them that they serve their country. It's not Memorial Day. They're still alive, all right? So please tell them thank you for their uh, their service. I'm Dave Ellswick. Jimmy, thank you so much for coming Sorry. in. We'll get back together next Thursday on the Dave Ellswick Show. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.